Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Mile 10. I pretty much hate everything right now. I'm hungry. My feet are swollen. Ankles hurt. My head is not running. You know, this is part of me when I live. It's a compartment of anger and hate. That I say it's a special occasion. This is why I feel normal. It's a fucking special occasion. It's all bullshit. All the struggles. That door's about to bust wide open. I'm gonna finish this bitch. Catch your pants on. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Alberto <laughs> on the course, <laughs> 10 miles in, with three miles to go, motivating himself <laughs> to get to the end. Uh, I'm trying so hard not to laugh just because I can imagine. I, it's like you're in his mind, literally. Hearing all yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That uh, was the Mr. Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> A little peek behind the curtain of Alberto's brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so welcome to the episode, ladies and gentlemen. This is a uh, special one-off. We're gonna we're going to uh, to chat a little bit about Alberto's experience doing a half marathon with only about two and a half weeks of prep, um, and uh, we're going to go through. He uh, this what you just heard was a voicemail that he left for us on the voicemail line that very few people use, uh, <laughs> but uh, he 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 left uh, voicemails throughout. We'll review those as we go. But Alberto, you you finished the. Uh, you you finished the half marathon. Your time was pretty darn good. We'll we'll go through all the specifics. I'm sure at some point. Uh, but how are you feeling at this point? No, oh, I've never been so achy, sore, hungry, thirsty, and tired <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just to throw a disclaimer out there, um, I am not a runner, so I am not going to recommend anybody do what I did. But I'm just going to explain the process that I went through and what I went through to to pull this. Uh, this little really short turnaround to run a half marathon. I mean, if anyone out there is a runner and, and uh, has a better way of doing things, by all means, chime in. Because <laughs> uh, I had no blueprint. And with the time frame I was given, there wasn't enough time to research one. So let, let's start at the beginning. Um, what uh, you, you didn't sign up for the Austin half marathon. Uh, I did not. Uh, in, in, you know, <laughs> so how did all that happen? Well, it was uh, just a regular day at work. And I was happened to flip through Facebook, and there's a there's a shoe store out here, and they they had just posted a um, we got some free entries to the Austin Marathon. First five people win a free entry, and I didn't. I swear I'm probably wrong, but I swear I scrolled and saw a handful of entries, and I think all I put on there was like nice. And then with uh, ten minutes later, and this was like two and a half weeks ago. And so 10 minutes later, I get a, I get a message on Facebook. It says, congratulations, you want a free entry to the Austin Marathon. You know, would, are you still interested in claiming it? And at that point, I was just like, um, I need to talk to my wife. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Girl Scout cookie season. You know, there's a lot going on. Girl Scout cookie season, if anybody has a Girl Scout, it's absolute madness. It's great for the girls. It's, I don't want to say it's torture for the parents, but it puts a lot of stress 
in a very short amount of time to get these things get these things done. So I had to double check with her, and of course, you know, they had a cookie booth today. We were able to work around it. So I accepted. I actually went out and bought a pair of running shoes with exactly 16 days to the race. And then 15 days of the race, I actually started running. I stopped working out as far as weightlifting goes altogether because I just knew with what I was going to try to do that there was no way my body was going to be able to bounce back. You know, we had this 100 burpee challenge going on. I did that for like five days. I quickly realized that that's going to have to stop too if I have any chance of pulling this off. So I pretty much focused on running and recovery. And I, you know, I, I think I was talking about it before where the first week I put 30 miles in probably over 30 miles. And then it was, it was on that Friday, which now we're nine days from the race. I realized that the shoes I bought are just not going to work. Like they just, they just were not for my feet. Uh, they were hurting real bad. I, I couldn't even do it. I could barely get six miles without stopping and, you know, half marathon is 13.1. So that's not going to fly. So my whole plan was, uh, last Sunday, seven days before the race that I was going to leave my house and I wasn't coming back till I hit 13.1 miles, regardless of how long that took. So I kind of just punted, for lack of a better term, and I put my Vibrams on, my Vibram five fingers, and I just started going. And I was able to go six miles before I stopped. Um, and then the, the mistake that I made then was I drank too much before I left. Luckily, it was still dark out. I'm running around my neighborhood. Luckily, it was still really dark out. We got a lot of wooded areas. So when I had to stop to go to the bathroom, it was no big deal. There was nobody out. But I, I quickly realized that as much as the running hurts, the stopping hurts more. So I knew I did get my, uh, my 13.1 miles in that day. It took me three hours and six minutes. And I knew that, and then I didn't do anything all week. I literally just ate and slept and it, in true Birdo fashion, I just ate and slept and I ended up losing like three pounds. Cause that just always happens to me whenever I just <laughs> stop training and focus on eating and recovery. I always lean out. So I, I lost a few pounds wasn't really going to sweat it under the circumstances. I did nothing all week. My goal was to to run like a a quick quick 5k. I'm holding I'm doing air quotes not that you can see it. A quick 5k on Friday, <laughs> rest Saturday, and then run the race Sunday. Friday it never happened. Saturday morning I met our friend uh, Crooked Kings Anthony to pick up our shirts. I have the shirts in my possession now. And uh after I pay the shirts, I'm like, "Well, let me just hop on this treadmill real quick." In my Vibrams, hop on the treadmill, I couldn't even get two miles in. So I was really starting to freak out at that point. And I mean, moral of that part of the story is that, I don't know, for, as far as I'm concerned, treadmills are useless. It, it did absolutely nothing for helping uh, train for this, uh, for this half marathon at all. If anything, it, it, it put in my head that it wasn't going to happen because I, I, I ended up running about a mile and a half and just walking a half mile, and I, I was just done. Like I just Something about standing in the same place, looking at the exact same thing and, and trying to jog just Oh man, I just couldn't, I couldn't get past it. It was tough. So I, my question with the Austin landscape, I mean, I'm from Southern Indiana where it's hills all over the place. What is it like running in Austin? Is it flat? Is it hilly? Is it combination of things? It's mildly hilly in Austin. Oh, well, unless you're running, then it's very hilly in Austin. <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, and Chris, Chris will understand, but we, we ended up running west of Mopac, which is a highway here. And west of Mopac <laughs> is where the hill country starts. So as soon as we went under Mopac, I knew nothing good was going to come of it. And under Mopac was mile eight, right around mile eight and mile nine. And at that point, it was it was steep hills up and down, short hills, but very steep hills up and down. 
And let me tell you, the downhill is far more painful than the uphill. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, mm-hmm. to, to give perspective on Texas Hill Country as it is in that particular area of town, that's where professional bicyclists who do the Tour de France train. Wow. Okay. It's very, it's very long, drawn out up and down hills, but they're, you know, they're not, they, 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 the elevation changes are, are pretty significant in those. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I can, I can, the, the, the guys with the be- the gears on the bikes, they're, the, you know, they're doing it every, you know, every Saturday, every Sunday, but uh, I can't imagine running it. I don't want to ever again. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. Um, so uh, let's listen to the first voicemail uh, getting started. That was just kind of uh, kind of a, hey, we're getting started, and then we'll kind of go through uh, the process as it was uh, kind of little by little bit by little bit. What's up, everybody? Just got started going over the Congress Bridge now. A little later than schedule, but here we go. Mile one. Only uh, 12.9 to go. I'll check it later. So. The difference in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty easy going and you, you kind of positivity. Get, yep. Yeah. Um, and then you, you mentioned later on in, in one of the voicemails that you're, that you think your Apple watch wasn't reading your heart rate, right? There's no way it could have been only because I, like, as soon as I started running, it hit 170 and it never budged the whole <laughs> time I was running. It never budged from 170. I couldn't hear, um, I couldn't hear it clearly enough in the voicemail. So I thought it said 70 something. I'm like, well, that's an amazing heart oh, rate. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but no, no, yeah, it, it, it stayed it, like every, every time I looked at it mile after mile, it was at exactly what, and I'm like, okay, you know, that, yeah. that can't be accurate, but you know, they do say if a tattoo will get in the way. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, like I was sweating like crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I should have, I should have loaned you my, my, my heart rate monitor, the chest, chest monitor. That wouldn't have had the same issue. Yeah, that I, yeah for sure. I would I would have been really curious only because I was able to talk the entire duration of the run. You know, a little gas, a little out of breath, but I I could hold a conversation at any point in time while I was running. So I mean, that is usually a good sign that you're at least not overexerting yourself. Now, now let me say that, like I said, I ran this in my Vibram Five Fingers, so basically a thin sock, a strap of rubber, and the ground. And I was so over-concerned about electrolytes that I had my camel back on uh, with about, I started off with 24 ounces of water, I think two teaspoons of salt, a half teaspoon of no salt, and uh, just a little minor scoop of a little bit of magnesium in there. Only because I just, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to happen. And my biggest fear was cramps. So I was, you know, better air on the side of caution and take that with me. And I also had two of my little mini shakers of uh, real salt. Redmond's real salt. So I was, as I was running, I would just kind of just pop a little bit in my mouth and then shake it around and get some salt in my mouth and keep going. Turns out, <laughs> I, th- I think, I think I would have been okay had I just had the shakers and not the camelback, but I didn't know that. So I just decided to over prepare and just kind of just go, kind of go with it. Was, were the, were the results based on um, age groups um, or was it just do it for fun or anything? I mean, how did you place? Oh, I placed terribly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, you placed, dude. You you've knocked out so many people already just by doing it. So 
Yeah, I mean, I looked at it because they had laptops set up when you finished, and you just punched your bib number in, and it showed you. And obviously, it, it's it's a rolling start. So I think the well, first of all, okay, let's 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 back it up now. I got up at four in the morning. Uh, alarm goes off. I get up, get ready. Uh, I've been fighting some oddball stomach issues, so I didn't want to drink any coffee. And obviously, as you guys won, those stomach issues kind of freaked me out. So I ended up going with, I, I still have no dose. So I ended up taking half a no dose, which is 100 milligrams of caffeine, uh, drinking a big old, pretty much made a bulletproof bone broth instead of a bulletproof coffee, which was amazing. A ton of salt, two eggs in there, blended it all up, drank it like it was coffee, um, slammed my you know, 24 ounces of electrolyte drink, and then just hit the road with the intention of getting down there and being at the starting line by six. So I had an hour to kind of just stretch out and warm up. Well, sure enough. On the way down, dead stop traffic, stuck for 20 minutes, finally found a parking spot, didn't make it down there to the starting line till about, I think it was like 6.50 with the race supposed to start at seven. Luckily the race got delayed, but at that point, you know, I'm standing in a crowd of people, there's no warming and stretching up. So actually by the time I passed the front gates, it was, uh, it was like 7.15, but not that that really matters because you're, it's a chipped race. So it does go by age groups. And I think, uh, I was uh, about three quarters of the way in my age group. So like it, it, I was somewhere in like 3000 finisher number 3,500 and something out of 5,000 or something like that for that. And I think the age group was 40 to 44. Maybe I don't remember. It's not posted yet. Yeah. Okay. So we, this we, sounds too bad at all. Yeah. Oh, I can complain at all. I just, my whole goal was to finish and not die. So, <laughs> so win as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Checkmark and gold star on that. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to the Mile 3 voicemail. What's up, everybody? Just started Mile 3. I'm on 71. I don't even know what direction. Yeah, the first two miles were uphill. It's a little higher than I want it to be. But on average, it's one more mile. Wearing my Zebra Classicers and the panel deck. So we're just going to keep on chugging to see what happens. So yeah, you're you you're showing there. You can you 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 know you're you you're definitely a little out of breath, but you totally could you know eat uh, or you could definitely speak, hold a conversation, and um, you know that's that's good. Um, so let's see here. Um, what else can we talk about? I don't want to just run through all the these voicemails. Uh, there's two more unique ones that nobody's heard. Yeah. Well, here. Let me give it a second. Mm-hmm. So, like, as I said, the first actually ended up being the first three miles. First two miles were uphill straight line. Then you took a right, and then you were uphill again for up up through mile three. And then about mile four was pretty much you turn around to go back on a different street. So it was almost a downhill all of mile four and mile five. And uh, it, it was flat um, all the way through about mile eight. And like I said, how we had gotten to the hill country, and that's when when things started getting. Uh, real testy <laughs> for me, you know? <laughs> so it was, uh, it, it's, I mean, it's a cool experience and the, the organization and it's a total you versus you. Cause everyone's you're against yourself. You're not racing someone next to you and every age group, every size person, every age person, like they're out there. There's like 17,000 people signed up for this thing. So it's like, nobody cares about you. Everybody's worried about themselves. And I think it's, probably an experience everyone should do i mean even if it's a half or a 5k because the time limit was four hours to finish the half which is an 18 minute mile 
which I mean, if anyone's ever gone to Disney, you've walked that in a day. I guarantee it. You might just have to like walk it with a little purpose and a little pep in your step, but you could do it. And you could hear in the background of that voicemail, there was live music stations everywhere. They had bands set up, plugged in, playing live music. Uh, there was a, some drum outfit right there on that last voicemail. Uh, tons of people on the side of the road holding signs, giving you high fives, you know, water stations, uh, hydration stations. And I, who knows what kind of goo they were handing out, their gels and whatever concoction they had in their cups. But I'll tell you what, it was kind of a nice little boost of confidence when you're running. Everyone's stopping at these stations to, to grab their little sugar gels. And well, I don't even know what they were handing out as far as drink. It smelled sweet. So I'm assuming it was sweet. And these guys are all slugging this stuff and then stopping and stretching their calves. And here I am just chugging along and running right past every single one of them. I did get a couple just plain waters only because the water <laughs> in my camelback was so salty that like it, once I actually got thirsty, I couldn't drink that stuff because it was, it, it was just not cutting it. So I would have to stop and grab a, well, not stop, but I would have to, as I ran past, I'd have to grab a cup of water and just take a couple sips and just, just keep on running. So there was a, definitely an experience, man. I think everyone should at least consider doing it just you'll learn about a lot about yourself something about repetitive motion over and over and over and over and over and over again and you you got a lot of time to think and focus and you just got to kind of ignore your surroundings at certain points and just just focus on the movement and just focus on moving so what were you thinking through all of this i mean were you do you are you listening to music are you you have a mantra kind of thing what was going through your head yeah, I had a, I just had, well, actually what I ended up working on, where it ended up working, what I did was uh, I just put Pandora on and my Pandora station is, I mean, it's, I got everything, every kind of genre you could think of. So I would put it on shuffle. It was about, I think after the first mile, I put it on shuffle and then I would kind of run to the rhythm. So if it was a slow song, you know, it'd be some oldies or some Motown, I'd slow down a little bit. If it was some more aggressive punk rock, or like System of a Down or something, I'd be able to speed up a little bit. You know, if it was like gangster or something like that, and I was able to, I was almost like it's like a game. You don't know what song's coming next. So if it's a good song, it's like I would literally snap my finger and it would be like, turn on and just go. And then you just kind of pick up the pace of the tiniest bit while that song plays. And then the next song comes down and it slows down and I get a little break. This is a slow song. And that actually seemed to work really, really well for me. When I was doing the training, I tried listening to podcasts because, you know, I figured, hey, if I throw on a podcast that should run duration, it, it just, it, I, you find yourself, or at least I found myself, focusing too much on what's going on like in the mm -hmm. podcast and then not really paying much attention so i found it a lot easier just to have and it wasn't even that loud but just loud enough one <laughs> earbud i could still hear everything around me you know volume is just high enough to recognize a song and, and just uh found it easier to just kind of not look ahead as the you know the distance ahead of you but just kind of look ahead of you six eight feet and just worry about that and just keep covering that distance very cool that's awesome well, let's listen to the next one. Uh, see where where we are with that. What's up, guys? Mile seven. I have not stopped running yet. So, so far, so good. I don't think my Apple Watch is calculating heart rate properly because it's been stuck in 170 the whole time. And as you can see, I'm perfectly capable of holding conversations. That can't be accurate. Um, I've already made it farther than I did in the SP's practice run. The streets here are a lot more close to the asphalt than at home, which would normally wouldn't make a difference unless you're running damn near barefoot like I am right now. Thanks. Keep plugging along. I'm likely starting to I stopped at six. So far, I'm on seven. Feet a little bit tired. Feet starting to feel a little bit tired. 
so far? Right on you. Rowing mile, 11 and a half minutes, which actually means I've shaved almost a minute off my mile since starting. That is extremely interesting. Later. So, mile seven, you're over halfway there. Um, other than what you, you shared in the, the voicemail, what, what were you thinking at that point? Were you, like, surprised to how well it was going, or what were you thinking? Yeah, I was really surprised how much legs I had left, but it was almost, like, identical to my practice run. So as soon as I could feel my feet start to swell up and I could feel my, my knees start to ache a little bit, like, like, I knew I could push through it. I just knew I had to push through it carefully. And then uh, the one comment I made there is that the the asphalt in downtown Austin is like a chunkier, coarser asphalt, which would not make a difference. But I was since I was the shoes I decided to wear, I could literally feel like every pebble underneath my feet as I was running. Yeah. And I actually made the mistake once is that I wasn't paying much attention. And I actually stepped on a road reflector like mid stride. Just had, I just Ooh. wasn't paying attention. I stepped on a road reflector and <clears> that was excruciatingly painful. So it's like you hear those commercials like about Cadillacs and stuff where they're talking about how suspension can make 32,000 calculations a second. And it, it's almost like that. You get so far in your head, you look at the ground ahead of you and you are adjusting like every step as fast as you can as your feet are hitting the ground to kind of just compensate for, for the texture on the ground and, and avoiding the stripes because you can feel the stripes in the road too. And then, you know, there's speed bumps in certain places. And so you got to take the speed bumps very carefully because you don't want to like, you know, hit the wrong end of a speed bump mid stride and, and have that energy, you know, go through you. Cause that could definitely be bad. And right around mile seven, right around that time is when the pain kicked in. And then, uh, our good friend, John Oaks out of nowhere decided to text me. I thought it was my wife. So, you know, as I'm running, I just say, hey, read my text messages. Turns out it was John Oaks telling me what his breakfast was. So that didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> He said something about like, I, it was something along the lines of, I rode blah, blah, blah. And I got hungry. So this is my breakfast. And I replied, I'm like, you know what? I really don't care right now. <laughs> Thanks but for the update, really, John. Yeah. <laughs> but you replied while you were running. I did because I didn't want him to keep texting me. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's that's right around the time where like I was getting good and tired and I, and I really had to, really had to focus focus on everything. And, and just, and that's my pace really slowed down around that point. And it, and it was that time it was just, you know what, it's all about consistency and it's, it's, it's keeping a sustainable pace, which for me was not terribly fast. And Hey, you know, I guess I would imagine that the more you get to jogging, the, the more, the faster your pace could be sustainable. But at that, at that time, it was just, you know, find your pace, very short strides and just don't let both feet touch the ground at the same time and just kind of like just keep chugging away like you're just like a little tiny motor just same rpm just just kind of just go 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 you know you, you really focus on your form you try to make every stride identical to the last and and you do make a little compensations cuz it just after like mile 4 mile 5 something is always going to hurt but you've got to be able to tell if it's something that's going to get progressively worse or if you're going to be able to work your way through it and uh, luckily, you know, I did yes. have my aches and pains, but they were exactly what I'd experienced the week before. So I was just able to shorten my stride a little bit and then, and, and kind of just, just keep powering through it. So you, you get to 10 and we hear the voicemail that we opened up with. So we, we don't need to play that again, but <laughs> uh, you're, you're kind of hating life there for a bit, but you're also, you know, pushing yourself through and motivating yourself, you know, don't give up. You've got more, 
you know, keep pushing all that type of, of mentality. What, tell us a little bit more about that from, from your side of things. Um, and what that, that, and we've talked, uh, with Danny, um, and a couple weeks ago in, in the Danny Vega episode about the importance of either a mantra or, or developing something to help with resiliency. Uh, talk a little bit about how this experience is uh, either just an extension of the resiliency that you've already built up or um, helping you develop more so. Yeah, so right around then, that was, you know, deep into the hills. And they and they even said, you know, mile 11 is pretty much straight uphill and it's not easy. So, you know, try to save a little bit in your tank for mile 11 because that's where it's getting harder. So, you know, this was right around mile 10 when it was just constant uphill and downhill. And I was getting real gassed out, and I, you know, I I only caught myself walking once, and I like took two steps, and I'm like, you know what, no, and I and I just kept running. And honestly, I I did have a mantra, and you guys are gonna laugh, but all I kept repeating to myself was, "You ain't shit, you ain't shit, you ain't shit," <laughs> talking to myself, <laughs> like, like degrading myself, so I would get mad. <laughs> and the matter I got, the I don't want to say the faster I would run, but. It was it was a, enough to give me enough motivation to just keep plugging along. I mean, these hills were brutal, and I promise you, anybody that listens to this could probably walk up that hill at a faster pace than I was, quote unquote, running. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't about that. It was about me just passing the person next to me and just keep going, ignoring the pain. My at this point, the bottom of my feet are swelling, so it actually felt like I had extra padding. You know, my shoes were super tight at this point. Yeah, but still no cramps. Uh, muscles were still okay. Lungs were still okay. But the like the outside, I'm guessing it's the tendon that's on the outside of your knees. They were just, I wouldn't even say on fire. They were aching so bad. Where you're, you're at this point, I'm feeling every step and every step. I don't want to say it was painful, but it was incredibly uncomfortable. And so you just had to find that zone and and find a reason to to keep on going and and for me it just you know I just start thinking back you know I've you know I've been through a lot and with the ulcerative colitis and you know just just like you know what I'm healthy enough to do this and I'm going to keep going and I'm not going to stop and this is going to keep going and keep going one step at a time one step at a time and we're just going to keep plugging away and take every little bit of anger you've ever felt in your life and every frustration and every letdown and you know all the daily bs that you go through and I was I was leaving on the pavement and stopping it with every <laughs> with every step forward <laughs> It's great. Yeah. Um, what was the the weather like? The, I know the temperature wasn't particularly crazy, but how was humidity? It was good and humid. Um, we started off just over fifty degrees. Most of the race, I could see my breath. But I don't know if it was just because I was running real hot. But uh, I think towards the end, we may have gotten into the sixties. And uh, by the time we finished, it was already starting to creep into the seventies. But the sun had still not come out, so it was it was it was bearable. I was uh, wearing shorts and like a long sleeve moisture wicking t-shirt the whole time and and i, I was good you know I, I chose that shirt on purpose but uh the the heat the heat and temperature were definitely not a factor I mean, i knew i was going to sweat you know that wasn't going to change mm -hmm. but it, it was definitely i would say for what we were doing it was perfect weather because you know out here it could have been very well 85 degrees and <laughs> blaring sun today yeah and, uh, and i'll tell you what you could definitely feel the heat coming off the asphalt from the day before yeah, that doesn't surprise me one bit. And it wasn't even that hot of a day yesterday. Um, no. But it, it is, uh, it's just constantly that way down here. We're, we're, you know, it's February. Yeah, it's already feeling like uh, almost summer uh, <laughs> in comparison Woo. to other areas of the uh, the country, at least. So uh, we're, we're hitting in the 70s and 80s now uh, pretty regularly at this point. So 
Let's do the last voicemail. This is uh, your your closeout. Um, so let, let's go ahead and listen to that real quick. Holy shit, I did it. My feet are on fire. But I finished. Got my medal. All is well. Um, overall, feel good. Unofficial time. Uh, right around 2 hours and 45 minutes. Which means I shaved about 20 minutes off my first ever run last time. So it was actually two hours and 40 minutes, right? Yeah, it was two hours. Like, And it was funny because the Apple Watch, and I actually, like I said, they have an app that you could, you could figure it out, but it, they, they were within seconds of each other. So that, that picture I posted with the time on there, um, two hours, 39 minutes, was like 50-something seconds. But yeah, extra 240, so end up shaving a, a good amount of time off it. And uh, what was really cool is right around, it was at mile 12.1, there is like the biggest welcome wagon you could possibly imagine at a marathon where people on the sidelines, everyone just, just offering high fives and like literal cheerleaders, you know, cheering you on and the people handing out all kinds of bananas and chocolate chip cookies and just like anything you could do is people handing out beer, like little samples of beer just to keep you going. So it's like, once you got to that point and you could actually see the, the state Capitol, cause that's where the finish line was, was in front of the state capitol. Then it was like, okay, like this is going to happen. One more mile. Then there was, you know, countdown, three quarters of a mile, half mile, quarter mile. And then you, you, you know, they have the gates. It's, it's an official marathon. So like you, you know, you run into the gates and then you turn that corner and just people, both sides, both sides just cheering you on. And, and I think I would imagine everyone who's running that marathon speeds up that last 100, 200 yards. Cause how could you not, you know, it's just like you're getting all this energy from these people and you just go. And I would say the, one of the more surprising things was is by the time I had finished, like out, under the circumstances, I did great, but I really, I honestly think I could have kept running. Had I had more training like the, and, and maybe a proper pair of running shoes that fit my feet right, I don't know how much longer I would have had in me, but I, I could have definitely just kept on going. It wasn't until I stopped, that was when I left that voicemail message, and once you stop, then the, the sweat, <laughs> the swelling and the pain really starts to kick in a little bit. So, so, but Interestingly enough, yeah, I had plenty of gas in the tank as far as fuel goes. It was just a matter of uh, if I would have had to keep on chugging. Very cool. Um, so you you get done. Uh, what was like? I, I know in, in other areas of the the country, they they're like handing out those silver you know space blankets and all that stuff. What um, what was the the post race looking like for you? Um, like as soon as, it was actually kind of cool because as soon as, as soon as you cross that that final gate, um, they're immediately handing you bottles of ice cold bottles of water, which was like the best tasting thing ever since I pretty much had seawater on my back. <laughs> uh, and then you know you pass another table and they just hand you these little tiny bags. I opened it up and it was like popcorn and a granola bar and uh, cookies or something, something like that. I just you know attached it to my backpack. I'm like I'll just take this home for the kids. And uh, then they hand you your medals, and then it's like a it's like a five block party. There's there's a beer tent, there's a performance stage, there's food trucks, and I was actually going to get a beer. So I'm like, you know what, I deserve this. And so I, I kept walking, and there's massage tents and all kinds of stuff. I found the line for the beer tent, and then I looked at the, the length of that line, and I'm like, by the time it takes me to get to the front of this, it's probably about the same amount of time it's going to take me to get to my truck. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know anyone there, so it's not like you know I was just going to stand there quietly in line and wait, you know. 30 minutes for a beer or I could walk extremely slowly to my truck and then, you know, just start driving home. So I opted for the walk to the truck, but it's a, it's quite the event down there when, when, when it's all said and done, like they close off a lot of the street and there's a lot going on and massage tents and recovery zones and, you know, foam rolling stations. 
uh, they actually uh, and and the uh, the metal, which I just realized not too long ago, was actually a belt buckle. So you could actually buy Very a Boston cool. Marathon big thick leather belt and attach your belt buckle to it, and you could be the coolest guy around, I suppose. <laughs> but, awesome. But yeah, I was like, how Texas is this? I'm like, this thing yeah. is a belt buckle. That's, like, that's awesome. That's a very but, Texas thing because then you have the cowboy hat going with it and <laughs> it's the whole thing. So would you do it again? Probably not. <laughs> um, I, I Honestly, I could see myself running. Because you know, you're one of those people that. 3.1 miles. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, you're one of those people who I think gets the endorphin rush from working out. Like, you enjoy it. And they talk about the runner's high and everything. So I wondered if you got the same kind of upbeat mojo in your mind as you do from lifting and whatnot. Yes and no. Um, just like, it's it's like the patience required for something like this. I mean, like, I could go to the gym and work out for two hours and 40 minutes and, and be perfectly content. But the the monotonous drone of just, just running and running and running and running and running and running. I don't know how much longer I could have tolerated that had I had to. Uh, I don't see any marathons in my future. Like I said, a 5K is 3.1 miles. And that the 5K that I ran last year actually goes right past my house. So I know what the route is. So I honestly do see myself where, like, if I don't make it to the gym one day and I only got 35 minutes to spare, you know, the nice thing about jogging is you really don't have to warm up. You can just start walking, then slowly go faster, 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 faster until you're, until you're on a nice jogging pace. Then you know I could I could run a quick three mile lap and be back in my house give or take thirty minutes, and I I think that's about as far as I'd really want to go. Maybe a ten k, which would you know be twice the distance, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't see myself running another half marathon <laughs> or full for that matter. Yeah, you know, absolutely. My only frame of reference for any of this stuff is the. Uh, the warrior dash that I did years ago um, after a friend kind of like, Hey, it'd be fun to do it. And then um, like I did try to train for it. Um, I did do some, some running in preparation for it. And uh, the, so there was a combination of things that, that happened from that, that, that made it particularly horrible. Um, The, Night before the race, it rained in Kansas City, and it made an already uh, hilly and, uh, you know, mainly mud, you know, course through a, I think it was a state park, but basically a a park area there in, in, there in Kansas City. Uh, it made areas of it that should have just been a trail that you had to run to get to the next obstacle into an obstacle in and of itself because it's like three inch deep uh, mud that's if you're not like really light and running on top of it very you know keeping keeping on top of the 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 mud somehow if you're walking or anything you just get stuck in it slogging through and so that was no fun uh it was also the hottest that day has ever been so like literally a record breaking heat day that day and come to find out afterwards, uh, I did get through it completely with just a 5k. So it was only the, the three miles and, and I did skip an obstacle or two. Uh, my friend who I was going to run it with, he has, he's incredible, you know, he's fairly tall and he's got good long legs. And so like in the first like uphill thing, I'm like, go just, 
go. <laughs> Don't wait for me. Just go. Uh, because I was not ready for it at all. Uh, so I'm doing this basically alone. Um, and I finally get to the end and come to find out from the news later that day, two people literally died from heat exhaustion what? because it was oh the hottest gosh. day and they hadn't prepped for it properly. The slogan or the, the thing on the t-shirt, and I still have the t-shirt because I will not get rid of it. It says, I survived the warrior dash. And I, I, I literally survived the warrior dash, but it was so hot that they, they canceled further, like or further, um, people going through after I went through. So it's like one or two more releasing because they, they, they released us in, in groupings to uh, make sure that the, the trail didn't get overloaded or anything. Uh, they, they canceled any further because it was just too hot. The humidity was horrible from the rain the night before and the temperature itself was. So yeah, literally I survived the warrior dash and, and I will wear that shirt proudly when I mow the lawn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the only frame of reference that I have to any of this type of thing. And um, that I just keep moving, just keep moving, just keep moving mentality is uh, absolutely what I had to, to mm-hmm. tie into at that point. Um, so any other, any other things that, that tie into this? Um, we, we didn't want to drag this out too overly much because uh uh, you hit, you're tired, certifiably and, and justifiably <laughs> yeah. so. Um, but any, any other things that you want to review um, to review the experience there? Yeah, um, lifters can run distance if they need to. I mean, it ain't the most comfortable thing in the world, but I, I kind of debunk that at least as far as I'm concerned for myself. Uh, carbs are completely not necessary because I had. I mean, I, I think that I even posted the picture. The I, 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 there was a bowl that had a uh, broccoli and cauliflower in it which was all the carbs i ate all day so it really wasn't much and for me it was just filler i was just trying to get as much they were bathed in butter so i was literally just trying to get as much calories and bulk in me as possible and then uh, the morning was just all protein and fat and that was it so you know and like i said i had plenty in the tank and just running past all these people like chugging their electrolyte drinks and sucking on their I don't even know what the, what are those things called gels sugar gels, gel goose they they, yeah. they call them all and like every every mile and a half these people are just shucking these things to keep running mm-hmm. you know I was able to just keep on plodding right past them so did did you say what your recovery meal has been today everything I could find <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually just telling Yvette you know, the grocery <laughs> shop and it came back. And she was like, "Oh, I got strawberries. You know, I got mixed nuts. I got this and that." So, you want anything? I'm like, "Look, I was gonna let you know right now. I go, whatever you put in front of me, I'm gonna eat all of it." I was like, and "She's like, okay, well, I'm gonna put them in the fridge then." <laughs> and I was like, yeah. But I got back and I, you know, I made that. Uh, I posted a picture for, for Valentine's Day. I made that uh, that zero carb, basically cloud bread cake. So we still had some of that left over. So I ate a bunch of that with blueberries, and I had about a pound of steak. Then I probably had like a, a cup of mixed nuts. <laughs> it's just it's just been grazing all day because like I, I'm not hungry, but like my body is like craving calories. But like like there's no hunger there, but I know I got to eat, especially if I'm gonna try to you know recover and be able to function tomorrow. So I've just been kind of grazing all day, and it, like I have not stopped drinking water since since I got back. I've been drinking a ton of water, and I don't see that ending anytime soon because I'm still thirsty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I think this is uh, 
been quite the experience, um, and I'm, I'm glad that we took the time to kind of journal and uh, reflect on on this journey for you. It, 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 it just seems to me that this will help a lot of people uh, who haven't ever done this type of thing or haven't ever thought about, um, you know, what it would take. Um, that that it, it it hopefully will help them to say, well, maybe I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll try. My answer is still hell no. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but I, I'm I'm I'm. It does com- it it does encourage me to push back past any limits I would have set on myself. It does encourage me to not uh, give into or um, give in too quickly into self doubt and things like that because you can push past those limits. You can do more than what uh, others would say is is possible. Um, because we we have those limits, we we in in the kung fu classes we actually have this thing that uh, you hold out your arms on either side of you, and you pull your hands back a little bit so that they're like pulling back towards towards you, and you hold that position for forty nine long deep breaths, and it's. It's one of these things that it, there's a whole mythology behind it and how it was created, but it's that same idea of, okay, can you, and the answer is yes, but can you push yourself to hold it, to hold those arms out, to keep that position, to keep concentrating, to breathe the void each time, 49, 48, 47, so on and so forth, and, uh, and push through. And uh, that's something that we do regularly in the Kung Fu classes. And it's a good thing, I think, uh, that to, to learn that resiliency and that, that ability to, to keep going even whenever you think that you can't. So that's, uh, that's a good thing. No, that's it. not going to lie. I just did something that was quite miserable. And what you just described sounds miserable. <laughs> yeah, it, it is uh, kind of so, miserable. Yeah. So you know that space where yeah. you, you, you got you to gotta ignore the pain. Mm-hmm. You got to ignore the discomfort and, and you focus on one thing and you make that one thing the center of your attention and, and the world pretty much disappears around you. Yep. And all you're worried about is your one task at hand. So like, yeah, I mean, it, it's not unlike that at all. Just a little bit longer. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Well, um, let's go ahead very quickly um, and review contact information. Just uh, we'll, we'll keep it very, very simple. All of our social media contact information is available on our website. You can get that at theketomansclub.com. So all of our Instagrams, all of our um, website, Facebook uh, group links, everything's there. So go to theketomansclub.com. You can connect with each one of us on Instagram or through the Facebook group. And uh, so there's that. Our voicemail line that you heard used by Alberto in this episode, what, uh, it, the phone number for that is 512-518-6161. You can also email us any comments or questions that you might have to ketomansclubpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, so there's quite a few ways of getting in contact both with uh, the, the, the podcast as an entity or each one of us individually. If you have any questions or anything specifically for Alberto, I'm sure that he would be glad to answer those questions for you. 
So, any other parting shots before we shut things down? No, I can say is, uh, I think I've earned the right in uh, in both <laughs> cardiovascular running world, which, which you know, hey, thirteen point one miles isn't a lot to you. God bless you, but it was a lot to someone who doesn't who two weeks ago didn't run at all. Yeah. So uh, I've done the cardio, I've done the lifting. Uh, I don't want to hear any excuses from anyone. There's reasons and there's excuses. A the reason mm-hmm. is I sprained my ankle. Yeah. You, you you don't have I just proved you don't have any excuses. It's what you want to do, and if you're going to do it, you can put your mind to it, and you can do it, and then you you might learn a lot about yourself in a relatively short amount of time. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, Jim kind of had some technical issues here at the last few seconds, so uh, it w- we will say goodbyes for him. Um, I'm actually going to probably push this to actually release tomorrow. This We're recording this Sunday evening. I'm going to go ahead and release this tomorrow instead of the other one that I was prepping um, so that we can go ahead and get this out. Um, and then uh, we'll have our, we'll return to our uh, previously expected release schedule uh, coming next Monday, which is the new release day uh, after uh, my work schedule change. Uh, that it kind of is going to be a better thing to go ahead and, and set our release date for Mondays. So for Jim and Alberto, uh, again, uh, thanks for listening. That's it for this week. Until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T H E. K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.